Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. God bless you. Good morning. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, MIP is COVID free. Free meaning you don't need a subscription to MIP every day now for a limited time. While we endure this pandemic, we want to make it available to everyone. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, MIP is COVID free and available to you and everyone without a subscription. know what today is as always it's thursday that means it's time for thursday coast here on make it plain and of course happy to have back in the person the founder of daily coast the largest online progressive community our dear friend marcos melissa still in the one place in california who that's not surging in terms of covid so i told you i didn't stay at your house (laughs) <laughs> it's actually fairly okay up here. Um, yeah. People people take it seriously. They wear their masks. Nobody complains. They keep their distance. Uh, we haven't opened up bars and salons and indoor dining and restaurants. And and the reality is that that most things that are happening indoors, if there's more than a couple of people, are incredibly dangerous. And I cannot believe that. Uh, 
there are states that still don't understand that. And, and we just saw yesterday that Arizona right now is the worst outbreak in the world. Mm. You look at any countries, uh, it's worse than New York City at its worst. worst. Right. It is the biggest uh, COVID uh, disaster zone in the world. And of course, you have a Republican who didn't take it seriously as governor. And the same thing is happening in Florida. And the same thing is happening in Texas. And all three of those states have maxed out ICUs in key parts of the states where everybody lives. And so that death toll is going to be rising exponentially over the next couple of weeks. And all of this is avoidable. Uh, we see that up here in, in Northern California, in the Bay Area. And as frustrating as, as it is to be locked down, it works. It actually works. It saves lives. And instead of pushing for more of sort of this Bay Area solution, you have Donald Trump demanding that schools open up because sacrificing grandma to his reelection chances wasn't enough of a sacrifice. Now he wants to throw your children into the wood chipper. It boggles my mind that that this is a thing that is happening and isn't being universally condemned by Republicans. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're right. And remember, at one time, there was a conversation about me and evacuation from this epicenter in New York. And I said, well, shoot, if I'd gone anywhere, I should have just come out there where you are, would save us. And now, man, it's like it was providential for me not to go because New York's numbers have, yeah. have started to fall and every other place in the country has gone crazy. So I could have been somewhere else right now <laughs> that was spiking. So whoever would have thought this is, this is, this is crazy. Betsy DeVos and Trump, Betsy DeVos, who, as if that's anybody we should be listening to. Right. Uh, also saying that schools should reopen. It's very dangerous. Uh, um, there's no plan. And then just think about this for a minute. Um, if workplaces are still not, well, even if they are, students and young people are getting the virus equally now. So if your young people go to school and come back infected, then they're infecting the whole household, mm -hmm. and grandpa. I mean, it's just, it, this, this is not, um, Brittany Cooper, the professor, has a term she's coined called necropolitics and the politics of death. Dark. And, and that's what he's done. I mean, yeah. he has bargained our lives away and doesn't seem um, to care. Um, as you pointed out, though, hopefully people are getting that. Suburban white women, they are moving or have moved right yes they are the only trump supporting group in 2016 to have flipped and they have flipped in a big way it's the reason nancy pelosi is speaker of the house most of the pickups in uh in the house in 2018 came in suburban districts districts with uh, urban districts are already democratic right rural districts forget it you know they're 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 lost so the suburbs were the battleground and Republicans had done really well in the suburbs because it's all white people, right? And white people are very Republican. Well, college educated suburban white women have flipped. It's the reason we took the house. It's the reason that we have Democratic governors in blood, red Louisiana and Kentucky. It was turnout in, in those 
state suburbs. Uh, it's a reason we had the trifecta in Virginia, where we took the governorship, both chambers of the legislature. Uh, those picks were almost all uh, in suburban districts. And it's the reason that Trump is doing so poorly in all seven of the core battleground states. And we have a bigger map now. If you want, we can talk about that. There's a bigger map because of those shifts with educated, college-educated white women. And so saying, send your kids to school in the middle of a pandemic, not the sort of thing that's going to win you suburban white women. Or talking about NASCAR has made a mistake by by banning the Confederate flag and that we should have the statues of uh, racist Confederate traitors. Uh, these are not the sort of things that are going to win suburban white women. In fact, what it does is it locks in his 20% deplorable base. And you see Republicans freaking out privately. Nobody wants to challenge him. Privately, they wish he would talk about things that weren't racism. But he is utterly beholden to that. And now he's added children, dead children, to the mix. So it sort of kind of shows why he cannot bust out of his electoral, you know, deep hole that he is in right now. Because there is one group that moves, that's suburban white women, and he's done nothing to try to get them back. Um, and you write too, Marco, said he's trying to scare them into coming back. He wants to willy yeah. organize everybody, Blacks, Browns, Bubba Wallace, you know, birth of a nation all over again. It's not working. No, and you know, he was so excited and you could see conservatives so excited at that racist, white, rich couple in, in, uh, in St. Louis, right? They were, you know, you had peaceful protests just minding their own business, marching through that gated little corner of St. Louis and they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it. They're freaking out. They're out there with guns, pointing it at protesters who just happened to be walking by peacefully. And Donald Trump and conservative media really got excited, right? Because that's what they want to see happening in the suburbs, that you have these white women who are conditioned to fear the black man or, or the Latino stealing your jobs or, you know, the rapist. Um, they're conditioned, you know, they think that they can play that playbook from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s to try to get those women back into the Republican fold. And what's happening is that it's, it's I mean, those numbers are not moving. They're not making any inroads. In fact, they have left Donald Trump because of the racism and because of the bullying. And that's what cost. I mean, the 2018 election, I don't know if you all remember, but it was all about Salvadoran street gangs. Right. And, you know, they, there was that picture that every campaign used of three Salvadoran gang members just tattooed. Right. Looking fierce. Right. These people, they, you know, they're murder killers. They're like the worst of the worst. And Bombrays. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> every ad was about keeping these people out and keeping you safe. And remember, these ads were running in suburban districts. Right. And it utterly backfired because those educated White women can read. They have social media. They see that the cities aren't really burning. They see that that uh, that uh, they don't have anything personal to fear from people of color. In fact, I think it's kind of become trendy, right? It's woke culture, and and so they want to be on the right side of of that Black Lives Matter poster, right? So every time that Trump sits there and and talks about Black Lives Matter as a symbol of hate, mm -hmm. which he tweeted the other day, right? Symbol of hate, Black Lives Matter is a symbol of hate. 
those women sort of recoil just a little bit more and they get locked into the Democrat, Democratic column even more. And this is not me like wishful thinking or what I think is happening. I'm not a suburban educated white woman, <laughs> but I'm looking at the data. Like we're all looking at the numbers, we're all looking at the polling and we're not seeing any, any erosion. What we're seeing is in, at civics, civics with a Q, what we're seeing is that the uh, support of Black Lives Matter, the net support has started to come down a little bit. So what happened at the height of the movement when it first came out is that a lot of Republicans who opposed it shifted into, we, we offer three, three, uh, three uh, options, right? It's you'd support it, you oppose it, or you're like, whatever, I don't support or oppose, like meh, right, in the middle. And it's sort of Republicans moved into that middle column a little bit. Now they're moving back to the opposing column. So they're, they're settling back to where they began. But independents and white women, those numbers aren't budging. I mean, it is, it is they are, uh, they are as, maybe a little like a, you know, point or two, but they're almost as supportive now as they were in the beginning. And this is in Trump's entire campaign and it's his inability to read the room and, and do what's popular. So funny, you know, we often criticize politicians for, you know, sticking their finger up in the wind to see which way it's blowing and to do what's popular. And Trump is, is like, he sees his hurricane and instead of like riding it, he's just like, <laughs> he's, you know, getting himself, you know, with it being a headwind and trying to move forward as this thing is pushing him back. And you see that in his approval numbers. You see that in the fact that, uh, that uh, the battleground states are becoming more and more Biden. And, uh, you know, I talked about, we always talked about the seven core battleground states. They were Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, right? They've been battlegrounds and they still are from the beginning. Now we can add to that list, Ohio, Iowa, and get this, get this, Alaska and Montana are now within low single digits. And it doesn't matter if Joe Biden wins Alaska or Montana, right? Each of them has three electoral votes. Uh, we do have Senate races in those states. And in every state that the, nar that the margin narrows, because Trump is just so screwing it up so bad, that makes it easier for all the good Democrats fighting below that presidential line, whether it's the Senate, the House, uh, whether it's mayors or city council members, whatever, right? It helps everybody. Uh, it gives them a better fighting chance. So um, to me, I, I just cannot believe that, that Trump is sort of doubling down on his Confederate flag and Jefferson Davis statues as his campaign when the ball game isn't his people. His people vote. I mean, those Confederate flag-waving yahoos, you're going to turn on vote, no doubt about that. That's not who's going to win in the election. They live out in the boonies. Um, it is those suburban, college-educated white women, and um, nothing in the data suggests that he is having any ability to move them closer to him or back to him. Don't you think, too, Marcos, that there's a, a level of, suburban educated white woman shame for 2016. I mean, I think that's was also at play in 2018. It was not a good thing to constantly hear that 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump. I mean, people just couldn't believe it. It was like, what in the world? Yeah. And so I'm sure that played a role. And then I also think this too. Now the suburban white women you're talking about 
also are not probably not all these Karens that we're seeing, as they're called. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's another infection, y'all. The infection <laughs> of performative racism in front of mobile phone video. Like what? What? <laughs> I mean, why don't y'all clown when there's no camera? What is it about when the camera comes on? You just go even crazy. I mean, that's what <laughs> that's that's the disease. I don't even I mean, I don't get that, but it's like they are even more emboldened. But I bet you, and we know the Karens are pretty much in the minority. I'm willing to bet you that not only do Trump's antics turn off these suburban white women, but when they look at this phenomenon of Karens right now, they're probably thinking, oh my God, I don't want that to be me. And I mean, I'm not a white woman either, but I can't imagine that people are seeing that and saying, oh, yeah, that's okay. No, we, we can't be represented this way. We have to come out looking a little bit better than this. So I'm sure all that stuff, the Karen stuff even probably paradoxically helps drive more of the white women's vote away from Trump. Yeah, I don't want to be that person, right? Right. So in 2016, before the election, the polling showed Hillary Clinton winning white women. Right. So that, that was one of the big shocks on election night is that these women who had said that they were going to support her at the last minute got cold feet. You know, these are historical Republicans. They got cold feet and decided to like stick with a, with her party. And so in 2018, before the congressional elections, the midterms, again, the polling showed white women uh, voting Democratic. And at that point, I wasn't ready to believe it. I, yeah. I hoped it was true, but I was like, I, I got burned. Right, in 2016, right. believing that these women would vote against their husbands. And that's what's happening, right? They're voting against, they're, they were voting with their husbands in 2016 because white men in the suburbs are still as Republican as they always were. So that, you know, 2018 came, those white women actually voted for Democrats and dramatically shifted the, the face of our, of our government. And, and I think that's what's happening this time as well. So they made a mistake. I think they realized they, they made a mistake. And I, I've, I've said this stat on the show before, and, and we've talked about it multiple times, but it's a good place to sort of remind people is that um, single women are about a 65-35 Democratic constituency. Married women are about 55-45 Republican. Mm. It doesn't matter if single is young and single, never married, divorced and singled, or widowed and single. So when women get married, they become more Republican. And the reasons may be, maybe they feel safer, they don't need government, that they have a, you know, somebody who's bringing in money, and so they're less concerned about government supporting them. Or maybe they are, just want to play nice with their husband, and their husband's a big Republican, so whatever, will vote with, you know, for peace in the house. Whatever the reasons are, I've never seen a good explanation for it. But uh, marriage actually, um, makes women vote more Republican. And um, I think that was revert. That, that cycle was finally broken in 2018. And that's what was happening in the suburbs. Uh, you had more single professional women in New York City than you do out in, you know, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, out in, you know, around, around farms. Uh, there's more economic reason for marriage and more cultural reasons for marriage. So breaking that, 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 that bond was a big, big, big deal. And again, dramatically shifted the face of politics the last three years. And now it's sort of like time to 
finish that off. And, and, and those suburban white women are going to have a big role. And you know me, Mark, we've talked about the importance of the Latino and the black vote and the Asian vote and the youth vote and everything else, right? This is not in any way meant to minimize the importance of getting our core democratic constituencies out and voting. And we need to vote in record numbers for so many reasons. Yeah. This is just pointing out that only one group has shifted in, yeah. since 2016. Nobody else has moved uh, except for college-educated suburban white women. And so uh, just by having that movement in a really tight 50-50 nation really changes the complexity of the electorate and, and what the vote looks like. And so locking that vote in has been very important for Democrats. And we don't even have to work at it. Trump is doing it for us just by being Trump. So then, having said that, is there not necessarily any one constituency that Biden needs to overfocus on? Um, I actually, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I think Biden sort of hanging out at home and FaceTiming <laughs> people, it's actually working out really well. You say that, Mark. <laughs> so, Man, he's the campaign by not campaigning. <laughs> It's working. Oh, man. It's, it's, I mean, objectively, it is working. So I shouldn't be continuing to encourage him to come on the show. (laughs) No, you know, he should go on the show. He should go on the show. Um, For sure, he should go on the show. No, but but a more serious answer is that his weakest constituency are youth voters. And they're with them. Right. It's not like this is a Republican constituency. They're just not as likely to vote. They are the least excited about Biden. And when you look at Biden's approval ratings amongst Democrats, I mean, it's sky high with with 65 plus, with 40 to 53, with uh, 39 and above. Right. Sky high. When you look at below 34, it's middling. It's like 60 percent approve and 30 percent disapprove. And that's amongst Democrats, right? So there's still that latent, uh, these, you know, obviously predominantly Bernie people, they're more radical, they're, they're, they're not excited about the idea of Biden being, you know, a caretaker president or going back to the status quo, which was his original argument, right? Let's get back to what we used, which hasn't really worked for young people or people of color, communities of color. So there, there's real reasons that Biden hasn't had, you know, he doesn't have great loyalty and excitement in the youth voters. And I would say that if he's going to do anything, that that would be a place to really focus on is that youth vote. And, and of course, when you talk about the youth vote, it is predominantly Black, it is predominantly Latino, um, it's predominantly single women, which are, and there's overlap, obviously, in all of that, right? Yeah. And those are the groups that are least likely to vote anyway. So by focusing on that group, you're sort of, you know, you're you're hitting three, four key constituencies at the same time. Now, how does he do that? I, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah. On the best of days, for a really good candidate, that's always going to be a tough constituency and, and keeping people motivated in that way. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, we talked about this last week. Mitch McConnell seems to be acknowledging that Republicans will lose the Senate. Is he acknowledging yet that he's going to lose his seat? Is that going to happen? <laughs> I don't. Uh, um, I, I, I. Probably not. Really? If, 
Mitch McConnell loses. It, in our civics polling, we're showing Democrats competitive in states like Kansas and South Carolina, right? Jamie Harrison, who just raised something like $8 million, no, $13 million this last quarter. That's, right. he could probably buy all the media in South Carolina for that much. Not the, not the advertising, like the actual TV stations. Um, and uh, the one place where we're not seeing a close race is, is Kentucky. I mean, this is a state that Trump is gonna win by over 30 points. And so we're seeing McConnell, who's not popular in any real way, benefiting from the fact that he's a Republican in what is one of the two most Republican states in the country right now. I think only Wyoming is more Republican. Uh, Kentucky and West Virginia are sort of competing to see who, who's runner-up most Republican. So it's, it's a tough state. I think we would have probably had a better chance had uh, Booker won the primary, uh, dynamic uh, Black primary challenger to Amy McGrath. Uh, she's been talking about being a Trump Democrat, and that's not exactly how you motivate Democrats um, to turn out. And granted, it's Kentucky, right? Trump's going to win by 30 points. So maybe that's the only way you get, you get by. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's tough, though. And we have, if we win Kentucky, we have like, we have 60 seats in the Senate. I mean, it's, it's an utter, that would be the last one. Because you're looking at, we're going we're gonna to likely to win right now Arizona, Maine, North Carolina, and uh, uh, North Carolina, and what's that's the oh, um, Colorado. So that's four. We're probably going to lose Alabama. So that's that's a 50 50 center right there. And then you have competitive races. You have two competitive races in Georgia. You have Kansas, which is a competitive race. You have South Carolina, which is bordering on, on competitive stuff, but it's he's, he's, he's in the game. Uh, we did a poll and had Jamie Harrison tied 42-42 with, uh, with um, uh, the, the suck-up, um, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Alaska <laughs> is potentially competitive. So you, you, right there you have five seats that are more likely to flip before you even get to Kentucky. Yeah. So um, that does mean, though, again, that the more we close that gap between Biden and, and Trump, the better our chances down the ballot are. And this is why it's so important to, that's why, I, oh, Montana, I forgot Montana. Um, this is why it's exciting that Montana is, you know, our, our polling has buying down only about two, three points in Montana. And I've been hearing about other party polling showing Montana close to being tied. And again, who cares? If we win Montana, we've won 400 electoral votes, right? Like big whoop. But that is fewer crossover votes we need for uh, Steve Bullock to win that Senate seat. So same in Texas, uh, I forgot Texas too, it's another competitive Senate race. So we have a lot of opportunities They're in red states though. So we gotta narrow that gap as much as we can. And then we can actually win some of these seats, uh, particularly since I do expect if these numbers continue to run as bad as they do, and uh, um, I don't see how Trump turns this around, <clears throat> and assuming he stays in a race, which I don't know if is a good assumption, uh, at this point, but assuming all that, you actually may see a, a drop off in his turnout because his crazy base is 20, 25%. They'll turn out, but there's a lot of Republicans who may say they look at Biden, and this is the good thing about Biden winning the primary. It's not exciting, it's not going to, you know, radically transform our politics. But if you're sort of a Republican who's not crazy about Trump and he wants to kill your child now, and you're like, oh, I don't, 
and you look at well, Bynes the alternative. Bynes not scary in any way. Like he's just blah, right? <laughs> just yeah. the epitome, sort of like the inoffensive, boring white guy who says crazy things sometimes, but it's funny because he's he's like the crazy uncle. But I was seeing somewhere someone was making the case that Biden's commercials that just show him as this kind of heroic dude, just positive help him more than the negative commercials against Trump. And I guess it goes with what you're saying, you know, not showing him doing anything, but with the sunglasses and walking yeah. beside Obama and this is America and we want to make America the kind of place it used to be. I mean, that that might just work. And so the less is less may be more in this case. It, yeah, it could. I would argue and I can never prove this because there's no way to test this. I would argue that there's not a single presidential commercial that's going to change anybody's mind, right? I mean, Trump is so pervasive and, and everybody knows Trump. Everybody knows Biden. And actually, they don't even care about Biden at this point. It really, it's, an, it, this is, it's Trump, yes or no. That's his entire election at this point. And it's not like you're going to see an ad and Trump supporters going to go like, oh, now that these 30 seconds have flashed before my eyes, I, I'm not going to go for Biden or the other way around. So they're dumping all this money on right. TV ads. And people don't know this. I mean, I say it over and over again, and it doesn't penetrate. But Hillary Clinton outspent Donald Trump $400 million to $200 million. It was double what Trump spent. And she put that all on TV ads. And it didn't matter, right? Because, again, TV ads in a presidential election, they may matter when you don't know who the candidates are. Maybe. Down in Senate, House, you know, primaries, primaries, they probably matter. But when you're talking about the president, they, people know what the stakes are. They know who the, who the players are, and, and they don't need a TV ad to tell them what to think. So um, the one place where you, you're right, I mean, where it may make a difference, it just may remind Republicans that, okay, this guy, this guy is just some boring white guy. And, uh, and, so they're not, it's not the radical Pocahontas or the radical, you know, black woman Harris or the, um, so, and you know, black voters, when they voted for Biden, they, they, they made that bet explicitly. They yeah. explicitly, the thinking was, and I've seen the, the focus groups, like thinking was this election's too important. We don't, we don't want to give Republicans any, any you know extra ammunition um so we're going to put up the boring white guy because in 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 you know in a lot of ways are right i mean we've seen it that trump has struggled to run a campaign against biden uh, well, he's sleepy well no he's he's creepy well he, like because he can't there's no racist or sexist um sort of insult that he can attach to biden and so he's flailing he doesn't know how to run against a white guy yeah what happened to the the Hunter Biden story, that's gone away. Um, I, you know, it, I mean, it's just, there's no more traction for that. Uh, Obamagate? I mean, I mean, the guy can't keep his, he can't focus, right? If you, if you wrote about Obamagate or you tweet about Obamagate every day for months on end to the election day, maybe it might get some traction. Because, you know, the media likes to, oh, well, Republicans say Obama did something wrong. On the other hand, right. Um, but he can't even stay on message because he has to go after the one black race car driver who had nothing to do with the fucking noose incident, right? I mean, he just can't help himself. And the FBI did say it was a noose. It existed. There was a photo. It's a noose. And, 
And NASCAR asked the FBI to investigate. That's Not right. Wallace. So, Wallace didn't even so, see I mean, it. They, they tried to, in 24 hours, kind of change the timeline. And, and, yes. and considering what's happening with Barr at Justice, we don't even know if this was a legitimate FBI mis- investigation, frankly. I mean, well, I think that's a fair question to ask. We're seeing the pan, the rising pandemic numbers in battleground states affect his poll numbers in those same states. And that's not the way they're supposed to be. Um, Grandma was supposed to be willing to lay down, and Grandpa to lay down her life for an economy that is not able to be to be to reopen. They'd be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's not working, is it? These numbers. No. Let me let me just do, do this real quick. Um, in um, the net change between June seventh and July sixth, in terms of people not satisfied at all, Alaska, when those overall United States up by seven plus seven, Alaska plus eight, Arizona plus six, Florida plus eight. Georgia plus seven, Iowa plus eight, Michigan plus eight, Montana plus eight, North Carolina plus six, Ohio plus six, Pennsylvania plus eight, Texas plus six, Wisconsin plus eight. Those kind of numbers, I mean, Joe Joe Biden would have to literally become a Karen himself on a mobile phone video to blow this. I don't even think that would matter. And so people understand very clearly that plus means that's a number of people who have, are more dissatisfied with Trump's right. reaction to the virus. And those are all not just they're the battleground states and the reach states that are that are threatening to, to flip. So these are all the states that could theoretically flip uh, blue that Trump won. There's not a single blue state that Hillary won that Trump can win. Like they're, they're not even pretending at this point anymore that they can win Minnesota, Nevada, New Mexico. Uh, or New Hampshire. And so when Trump is trying to turn, he's already in a deep hole. He's already down there, right? He's already losing in the key battleground states. And he's barely ahead in those reach states, these reach battleground states, newly battleground states. Um, How is he going to turn things around if people are becoming more angry at the federal response? And right now we're at 130,000 people dying. Yesterday, we had almost a 1,000 people dead for the day again. I don't think there's any doubt, given the trajectory of these states, particularly since they're not doing anything to stop it, right? Texas, Florida are already having New York-sized numbers of new cases. Their ICUs, their hospitals are, are uh, filled up now. They're at 100% capacity in Arizona, Florida, and Texas. All three of these are states that... Uh, there are now battleground states. Georgia, of course, is a battleground state. They're almost close to being filled up. They're not doing anything. New York was trying yeah. to get a control of the pandemic. Texas is like, eh, no more bars. Okay, well, that was like the lowest possible bar to, to close the bars. And so um, it's hard. I mean, I, I, at this point, I don't see how we're not at 250,000 dead from COVID by the time the election rolls around. And so his numbers are, they're not getting better on race. They're not getting better on, uh, on COVID. And now he wants to sacrifice your children. He literally wants to send you, send your kids to school because, I mean, he literally said, because the Democrats don't want to keep the schools closed because of the election. 
I mean, he's literally saying, I think I'm going to lose if schools don't open. So send your kids into an environment that is obviously unsafe. And Mark, um, your, your, your son graduated, right? Mine haven't. Like, <laughs> I want them back in school. I don't want them back in school if it's unsafe. And it is, I trust the public health uh, officials, particularly in, in the Bay Area, who have been on top of this from day one. I trust them to say when it is safe for my children to go to school. I don't trust Donald Trump and, uh, and his White House to make that decision uh, for anybody. But that's what he's trying to do. And I don't see how he turns things around. So I, I, I don't see a scenario in which Biden blows this at this point. And maybe, I mean, there's no gasp he can say. There's nothing at this point that he can do because Trump is so overpowering in the in the story in this this narrative of what the election is and what america is right now that he's almost a he's sort of like bit player right he's like yeah. way off in the sideline and he can try to get attention and it nobody cares because he's just not important and i don't say that in a bad or good way i'm just saying it is what it is people only care about getting rid of trump and so the numbers we're seeing, I mean, I don't know if I, the New York Times had Biden up by 12. I don't, I don't believe that um, at this point. But the numbers are, are dire. I don't, again, um, Trump is, is stuck in the low 40s, including in those key battleground states. Um, and he's not doing anything to turn that around. That's a key. He's not even trying to turn that around. He's still focused on, on that. You also written how he's burning through money, where you say pissing it away, but in his case, burning and pissing are, are synonymous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of y'all will get that later. Uh, <laughs> syphilis Don, the, um, uh, so yeah, what's, what's that about? I mean, he's, the money, he's got the money, but it's not being spent wisely or what? Right. He he has he has about an eighty at the end of the last month he had about an eighty million dollar advantage on Biden, which sounds terrible. But remember, Hillary had a two hundred. It was actually two hundred and thirty million dollar advantage on Trump, two thousand sixteen. We we got to get away from this idea that money is everything in politics because it's not. It's important, but it's not everything. But on top of that, he spent about thirty million on legal fees. It's you know sue CNN for publishing a poll, right? And the campaign isn't suing CNN because they think they're going to win or anything. They're doing so because Trump demanded it and they can't say no to Donald Trump. So they're spending tens of millions of dollars on legal fees uh, that should be going on organizing and electoral work, stuff that actually may help him win. But the bigger chunk of that is he's actually spending money advertising. Again, I will argue that every dime spent on TV advertising is probably wasted money at this point. But he's spending in Iowa. He's spending in Ohio. He's spending in Texas. These are not states that are going to decide the election because let's say he manages to hold on to Iowa, Ohio, and Texas. He's still lost with about 390 electoral votes. And his problem is he's losing in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, and 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 Georgia, and he's tied in Florida. That's his problem. If he can't lock those down, who cares if he lost Ohio? Who cares if he lost Iowa? Unless his only motivation at that point is don't make me lose by 400 electoral votes. 
I mean, if that is motivation, great. And I'll, I'll take that, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not a rational decision. And you can see Donald Trump's sort of hand in, the, in those decisions saying like, I saw a Fox News poll says I'm losing Ohio. Spend money, right? One, not understanding that spending money in Ohio on TV ads isn't gonna solve the problem that Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Yeah. It's definitely not solving the coronavirus problem. Um, and it's certainly also not solving the race in, uh, injustices in America problem. Right. But it, it shows that it's decisions made based on Donald Trump's momentary in that moment decision because there's no scenario in which Biden wins Ohio and Iowa and didn't already and like loses Michigan and Wisconsin. It's, it's literally impossible. It's almost the exact same demographics, the same people. Uh, they move, if white people in Ohio are moving, so are white people in Michigan and, and Wisconsin. I mean, it's mostly rural, post-industrial Midwestern states. Culturally, they're very, very similar. So uh, the difference is Michigan has more black voters and Wisconsin has more black voters in Ohio, but not as many as Michigan. That's, that's a difference, the number of black voters. That's really the only difference. So yeah, he's not gonna, Biden's not gonna win Ohio and, and, and lose Michigan and Wisconsin. So why are you spending money in Ohio? I mean, why aren't you spending that money organizing your, your, your firewall states and making sure you bring those white voters back in and making sure you win those white suburban educated, college educated white women, bring them back into the fold. And if you do that, then everything sort of falls in line. But those are not the decisions we're making. They're making decisions based on, I probably saw a Fox News poll in Ohio was really bad. I think it had Biden ahead. Um, and he, he saw that and he screamed at his campaign manager to spend money in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, is Mary Trump's book going to be a factor in this, you think? I mean, back to women. I mean, I just, that's some pretty damning stuff in there. And it validates what we've all known about the deprived childhood. I mean, we're literally all codependents now as American citizens on someone who felt unloved uh, and neglected and is still seeking that, that, that unquenched, it will never be quenched thirst for attention, you know? And then you've got him on the schools. Yeah, I thought about this man. Is he retaliating against K-pop? I mean, is he retaliating against the kids? And is that smart? Because they might actually be, you know what, man, listen, I want to share this with you. And, and you, should, you should hear uh, one of my podcasts this week. I had David uh, Scheimer on who wrote a book called Rigged. And he went this deep dive on what Russia did in 2016 and what they're doing now. And he talked to former Obama people. You know what he said, Marcos? He said, and that's why I relate this to Trump, because he said that the Obama administration regretted um, its response to Russia in 2016 because of a concept known as escalation dominance. They had a fear that they came out too hard on Putin. He might have had the ability to actually cyber attack our voting systems. And they wanted him just to keep the war, uh, the field of war on social media. So just like with Trump, these, teen, these kids have escalation dominance over him. For him to poke that bear and say, you got to go to school, those kids are going to just eat him alive. 
And that's funny because that's a group that Biden needs the most. <laughs> I know, is it something? So if he wants to poke him and get him riled up and even more <laughs> motivated to, to not, you know, take him out, I, that's not a bad thing electorally, as long as they're actually not having to go to school and, and get infected and uh, uh, get their families and teachers infected as well. And, and to be clear, yeah, like get on children, children are dying from this thing. It's, it's oh, yeah. Yeah. Proportionately, yeah, they're less likely to die, but they're still dying from it. Yeah. Maybe Biden should get on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, not say anything, just kind of, you know, do some little fun stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure I mean, children on TikTok. You know? Uh, you need to hire some of those kids to pose them to do stuff. And just, just like he hires these old school ad people to do TV ads, let's get some kids to, to, yeah. to actually make him look cool where he needs to look cool yeah yeah marcos melissa's folks civics with a q dailycoast.com as well always good sir always good to talk to you pleasure such a pleasure have a great weekend stay safe loving everybody wall, loving a wallpaper too thanks <laughs> it's orange we're still orange y'all it's always orange. orange thank you buddy god you are our refuge Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.